Hey friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. doing things with that content. And because of that, it has already attracted some newer clients. But in a market where every day to them feels like a year, it's not quite enough. All of that to say, the writing it down, it has just made me so much more aware of like the little Air quotes, working. I'm working. I'm working. I posted on Facebook, hey, I'm, I'm working. a realtor. Does anybody need to have or sell house? I'm working. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Katie. How are you today? Great. Okay, great. This is episode 219, Process Over Outcome. Yes. Would you like me to share what this episode was inspired from? Please. I have a luxury listing right now in our marketplace. It's listed for 1.7. And I recently hosted a group of agents in the home, and one of the newer agents came up to me and was like, are you so nervous that you're not going to sell this house? And I was thinking to myself, yes, <laughs> I actually you're don't like, no. know that I will sell this right. house. That would be nice. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling with the way things are going yeah. that I will be the agent to sell the house. But you're trying really hard. I am trying really hard. I would also like to share... I am agent number two. Oh, right. On this house. So it's not it's not you. It's not me. It's just that luxury homes in our marketplace. They're tough. They are very tough and they take more time. Right. They it's just a matter of time. Right. So if you have a seller that's giving you a short time frame before they go to the next agent. It's just going to be the agent who falls at the right time. The right, right. That being said, the mindset that they had when they asked me, are you so worried? Are mm-hmm. you afraid you're not going to sell this house? Just like was a light bulb moment for me you're because like, I think so many people are so worried about the outcome. Yeah. Getting to the closing table, nothing else matters. And I think if, People focused more on their processes and the customer service and the level of customer service that, one, I I do think the outcome will take care of itself. Right. And I also just think that it will make the whole whole thing – it takes away – it takes the edge off. It takes the fear out. Okay. You have no control over the outcome. You have none. None. And not even if you sold it quickly and everything's going fine and then the buyer dies, you know, in a car accident the day before closing. You don't have any control Mm -mm. over whether the house sells or not. As much as your seller would like to believe Mm -hmm. it's all in your hands and you can control everything, you don't. But if you're focused on the process and doing 
what you know that to be the right things to do, whether it's for a buyer or for a listing, then mm-hmm. you're right. It will take the outcome will take care of itself, right? And the process is really full of a lot of good nuggets. Yeah. For example, because I have this listing, I have gotten tons of great social media content. Mm-hmm. I'm at the house a good bit. I have to be there for showings. I'm always getting videos and pictures and doing things with that content. And because of that, it has already attracted some newer clients, like yep. newer people that maybe weren't in my sphere because I don't typically do this price range. Yeah. But those people are now sort of engaging more, chatting with me more. Um, And then when I hosted a neighborhood tour on this house, Mm -hmm. I thought this was neat just to sort of see the web. I got the listing agents together Mm -hmm. that have houses for sale in the neighborhood. Okay. I only contacted the listing agents. This was not an open tour. Okay. We got together and we agreed to see each other's listings and give feedback. Right. We love this method. Yes. I love it. It's like speed dating. Yeah. You have 10 minutes in each house. And we're just going to go as fast as we can and give us like rapid fire feedback. Okay. So we did that. And I met this agent there that I had never met before. And she was actually owner agent for herself. And so I had never met her before. But through meeting her a few weeks later, she was showing one of my other listings that's like 700,000. And she um, called me. She didn't just schedule an appointment through showing time, never hear a word. It was like, oh my gosh, hey, I'm so excited it's to be me. Show- Yeah, it's me. We just, you know, I'm so excited to show one of your listings. Tell me about the house. And I was like, tell me about your client. And she did. And like, they're still thinking about it. So it's like, I think having that, it was just another way to get your fate. It, was, it wasn't for nothing. Right. Because real estate work doesn't all... That exact activity doesn't result in that exact closing. No. But if you're doing it well, it could have ripple effects, right, in your business. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're so quick to label things as a waste of time. Or a failure. Or a failure. Like, oh, an expired listing is a failure. I failed. A withdrawn listing is a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buyer decided to keep renting. I failed. Right. Um, my rule with a listing, especially one that has dragged on and I'm starting to feel like a failure, but I know I'm not, is if I got at least one buyer off of that listing. So mm-hmm. if someone has called on the sign that I've begun to work with, then it's still a success. And believe me when I tell you, I have had listings that did not sell that I got a buyer off of that did buy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this is okay. It's all part of the process, right? Yeah. And I think that you could maybe even get more excited about the process if you're really tracking these things. Um, yeah, for sure. I have another example of that sort of scenario. I don't do rental listings as a as like a big part of my business. Right. But if I have an investor client, they buy something they want to rent, I will rent it out for them really more as a favor, like a service of us being, you know, client, whatever. They're annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a rental listing is a little bit harder. You're obviously not making the same of amount of money, that, yeah. you know, blah, 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 whatever. More work, less money. But my rule with the, with the rental listing was always, if I could try to convert one of those rental inquiries into a buyer, mm-hmm. then this is worth it, it right? It pays for itself. So you just keep working the system and yeah, and then it'll pay for itself. But mm-hmm. I, the work you're doing as a realtor every single day is 
as long as you're working, it's creating more work and more income for you down the road, whether it's that house or another house or posting social media content because you're in the agent tour or like it it's, is working. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, too, talking about what you do today is your future business. Um we had an agent in our office who had someone call that wanted to be a renter. Okay. And so it was someone she kind of knew. So they were going to have a meeting to talk about why they weren't going to buy, where should I look for rent? I need your help. And she was saying, she was saying that she's going to take the meeting, but she doesn't know that she's going to, because he may end up in an apartment. So like, no one would be involved anyway. Right. But she said, I still want to meet with him to have sort of that consultation to let him know, hey, let me give you some pointers. Let me give you some advice. I would call these places. Right. Because maybe in five years, he's a buyer or two. And she was questioning if that was a bad business decision. And I said, no, because Bill- you are taking that one person giving them all the tools and guidance they need to find somewhere to live, even though you can't really be a huge help because he wants an apartment now. Right. But you are going to put a reminder in your calendar for 30 days, 60 days. Hey, where did you end up finding? What's your address? They're going to get the Christmas card from you. They're going to get football schedules. from. Oh, you! I'm so glad you found a lease. When does your lease end? Oh, it ends in May. You put a note in your calendar for March. Check in. See if they want to come get pre-approved and buy a house. These are all very easy things. Mm-hmm. And by being so intentional with that one person, right? that guy is going to buy with her one day. Oh, I would think because everyone else didn't want to have anything to do with him if he right. asked. Right. And so by doing this, I don't see it as a waste of time. Because 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 your business is built on building relationships, yes. you're building a relationship. Yes. And I just think that so many people are out there chasing the numbers. Yep. They want to have 15 leads, mm-hmm. but they're not treat like imagine if everybody treated every lead they had the way she's treating this guy. Yeah. Setting intentional time frame based reminders on when to check in with him to see if he's ready to come get pre-approved, keeping him up to date in your email list with yeah. what the current rates are and things like that. Like I told her I did not think that was a bad business decision because that's your future business. Yeah, it's the same principle as taking care of your transactions that you have. Maybe it's only one, so you're nervous and you're out there wanting to like prospect and find some leads. But if you do like such an amazing job for that one client Mm -hmm. with all of the best customer service, all of the best attention, they are for sure more likely to one, use you again in the future. And two, maybe now they're like, going to refer you. Oh, mm-hmm. it, we have such a great experience with Alyssa. We, you have to use her as your agent, you know? So following your, but taking it back to process, like what is your process? Do yeah. you need to put some in place? Like how do you make sure you are? Well, it sounds easy. Process over outcome. What is your process? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's why when this agent asked me, I said, my goal is that no matter what, when he hires the next agent, he realizes Dang, I sure had it good when Alyssa was my realtor. Right. She wasn't doing such a bad job. She wasn't doing a bad job. And I do, in all fairness, believe he has seen that difference from agent number one. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to see it again if there is a third agent. So I think that my goal is always to, even if a client decides to pull the listing, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want it to be, I don't ever want to feel like I dropped the ball somewhere. Yes. 
Can we talk about how you are currently feeling with your listings as the market here has shifted somewhat and things are not selling quickly? Yeah. I mean, the last time I came to record on Tuesday, I was so stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) Not really stressed out, just feeling the heaviness of my sellers. Because they get stressed. They get stressed. And I have like nine listings right now, and I'm about to take a few more. Yeah. And I'm communicating like I always do, mm-hmm. but in a market where every day to them feels like a year, it's not quite enough. Right. So we were discussing how like I feel like I need to almost step up my communication with my sellers to like twice a week because this once a week check-in thing is – They're just so anxious and constantly wanting to know, like, what's going on? How's it going? And I feel like I'm a good communicator, but I also have to be humble enough to to realize they're reaching out to me. So maybe I need to up it during this time that things are stagnant and we don't have updates as often as we usually do. Right. So, yeah, I think it's something that everybody is feeling. And the biggest thing you can do. And this is what I told you. I said, I spent all day yesterday picking up the phone yeah. and calling my sellers and letting them hear my voice. Right. Still here. And asking if they had anything that they have been discussing amongst themselves that they wanted to oh, run by Oh, that's a great me. way to do that's it. That's what I said. I said, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk on the phone. And I just wanted to see if y'all had anything that you have been discussing amongst yourselves that you wanted to discuss with me. Um, I just really wanted to have a phone call and, and catch up. Yeah. And every time I do that, they're always like, oh my gosh, it's so good to hear your voice and to be able, like, let's just talk longer. Yeah. It wasn't like I was calling mm-hmm. for something in particular. I was just calling to see how they were feeling about everything and to let them know I'm here. I'm aware. I wish the market was better. I don't think there's anything that you could do for your house better. Yeah. Um, Like the conditions are all good. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just one of those things. But whenever we were talking about my realtor friend meeting with the renter, uh-huh. it really made me think a lot about sort of a um, condensed version of a time audit. Oh. And this sort of was inspired because <laughs> I just had to do like uh, – I'm just doing like my physical. I did some blood work and stuff. And they wanted me to food journal leading up to the blood work for oh, five days. Interesting. So I was like – Everything you put in your mouth goes on this Someone's piece of gonna paper. Someone's going to read it. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. if you take a bite of the kids' macaroni and cheese. Got to go. You, I have to write it down. So maybe I would rather not so I don't have to write it down. Right. All of that to say the writing it down has been – it has just made me so much more aware sure. of like the little snack here mm-hmm. from the kids or yeah. the little snack there or whatever it may be. Right. Okay, same thing. Instead of, you know, we've talked about the time audit where you mm-hmm. do like 15-minute intervals yeah. and really track what you're doing yeah. with the minutes of your day, but more like at the end of each day, bullet pointing, okay, I went to the Monday morning meeting and then I had lunch with the agent in my office that was at the meeting with me and then I like posted a few things on social media and then it was time to get the kids. Mm-hmm. But it's really about like holding yourself accountable that – I think the meetings are good, but like if you're only spending time with realtors, they're not going to use you to buy a house. No, unlikely. So maybe it's about like, what did I do today 
to form some sort of relationship. Right. Did I go through my database? Should I have gone to that luncheon I was invited to and maybe met some other new faces? Mm -hmm. Should I have volunteered at the kids' school? What should I have done today? And it could have been something as small as, well, today I wrote one letter. Mm Mm-hmm. Or today I checked in with one friend. Right. Whatever it may be, but at the end of the day, really writing down what you did and asking, is that going to help my future business? Right. Because the thing with real estate is that there are a lot of things that give you a very false sense of security. That make you feel like you're, I'm doing my air quotes, working. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working. I posted on Facebook, hey, I'm, I'm working. a realtor. Does anybody need to hire or sell a house? I'm working. I went to the office I, yes, but did you talk to any human beings that were not realtors? Right. Did you look into an open house? Did you go tour some new neighborhoods and take some video or photo content of you actually working and not just begging for the work by saying, I'm a realtor, call me? Right. So it's like evaluating what you're doing with your time and really asking the question, is this something that would help my business? Yes. What is the quote that people say? Um, what is one thing you can do today that future you would thank you for, right? Yeah. Like, what is something you could do today that future business you would be like, yes, you sent those, uh, you know, football magnets and right. people love them and and they reached out or yes, you sent five new market reports to your database or whatever yeah. it is. Like, what's something you could do today that future you would, would be so happy that you did it, right? Right. Because- Database work, especially building a relationship, these things take time and they are a process. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, do you can't just all of a sudden one day pick up the phone and be like, I have decided today is the day I'm going to talk to everyone in my database and surely one of them will buy or sell. No. That's Mm-mm. absolutely not going to happen. It's a long game. Yeah, very long game. But all of real estate is, whether you're selling a listing, working with the buyer, working with your database for, mm-hmm. it, it, there, it's all long. Right. Hey there, are you looking for ways to save time and money in your business? Email Templates 101 is the communication system you need to bring ease and efficiency to managing your transactions and clients. Save time and avoid mistakes, all while providing a high level of service for your buyers and sellers. In Email Templates 101, you'll get 13 downloadable buyer templates ready for your personal touches. And 19 downloadable seller templates, plus six attachment checklists. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses to get yours today. And that's why I always look at each client as if for whatever reason, the relationship ended. They decided not to buy or the listing expired and they didn't want to renew. My goal is that they will always look back on our time together and be like, she worked really hard. Yes. If someone breaks up with you for some reason like that, we don't want to buy, we don't want to sell, we're moving to a different place. Like you're not in, we're moving to a different market. You should be able to say, no problem, no worries. Just send me any referrals and them say, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. I'd be happy to send you a referral. Mm -hmm. And that is more important. So I have sort of a funny story about that. Okay, please, let's hear it. There is a builder who I kind of know who he is just from like the market, okay? I've never been his marketing listing agent or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But one of my buyers did purchase one of the homes he built. Okay. His marketing team was delightful. Okay. I enjoyed working with the builder. I enjoyed working with his realtors. Um, So I get a call 
I, I closed this thing months ago. Okay. okay. I get a call from a girl who needs to sell her house. And I'm like, okay, do you mind me asking who referred you to me? Because I was not familiar with, with who she was okay. or anything. And she was like, actually, it was so-and-so, the builder. And I'm like, he referred you to me? And she was like, he did. He said to give you a call. And I was like, well, that is so kind. I just love working with him. He has realtors that list his properties? Yeah. This uh-huh. is fascinating. And other realtors that he has plenty of relationships with. Okay. But for whatever reason, through that transaction we did together, and he did comment throughout the transaction, like, thank you for being so on top of everything. It was your email templates. It's the email templates. Which are a process. And I think that he, I don't know, he referred me a buyer, a real, I mean, a, a listing, a really good listing. And I'm like, this is really interesting. Uh-huh. I had an inspector one time refer me a listing. And I was like, you know, like all the realtors. Yeah. What would make, but they could see you working, right? Right. The builders saw you working. Like you follow your systems and your process and you were doing a good job. And I think that's a great point. The builders that we work with, the home inspectors, the appraisers, like they see, did that agent send me an upgrade list of things I need to know about the home before I went and did the appraisal? Yeah. Did they tell me everything I needed to know about the house? Uh Uh-huh. The home inspectors are watching us with our clients. Do they attend their home inspection and guide their client through the whole process and talk them through what this means and advise them what happens next? Mm -hmm. I mean, the home inspectors tell me that the ones that don't have agents and are starting to ask the home inspector, like, well, what should we ask for? He has to be like, your realtor handles that part. I'm sorry they're not here. Yeah. So it's like all eyes are on you. And how you run your business. How do you behave in your business? You never know who's watching you. Right. And you need to be mindful of how you speak about your clients. It would and be do the, you seem too stressed out. Yeah. And you have to use your process and your system with your sister and your mom and your client you just met. Like everyone should get the same, the same process. Yes. Everyone should get the same you as an agent. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Isn't that funny? The builder sent them to you. Yeah. I didn't like call him or anything, right. um, but I was going to, like, whenever it closes, send him a note. Just Fair. Being like, I know you know a lot of realtors. It really meant a lot for this referral. Yeah. It's an but honor. I feel that way when anyone in my database sends me a referral. Yeah. You have to, thank you so much for this. I appreciate that you have this much faith in me and you want me to work with someone that you know. It's so important. Um, Okay, let's talk about for a minute, this is kind of a tangent off of process, but it is still process. I think that as the market has shifted, and we might need to do a whole episode on this, there are parts of the process that were lost, if you will. Yes. Like, we're going to, we did the whole episode on contingencies recently. It was like a lost art if you like, this is not happening in the market we're just coming out of. But the loan process, I think that there are a lot of agents, I'm sure, if you came into the business in the last three years, I don't, what am I saying? Maybe in the last 10 years, you don't, maybe you've never had a buyer use an arm or mm-hmm. maybe a 2 1 buy down is like Greek to you, right? Like you're like, I don't even know what all of this means. But your your buyer clients also don't know what any of this means and don't realize that these are options for them to be able to. I, I think there's going to have to be this time here where we're all like, hey, do you remember this part of the process we used to do? Right. Like, we need to get back into this. Mm-hmm. Um, loan creativity specifically. I think we mm-hmm. should do maybe a whole episode on that. 
or open houses. Maybe you never, you didn't have to do any open houses during that time, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's time to put They're the open house back in. Back. <laughs> do you have a process for that? Is this, do you tell the seller, I like to wait two weeks. I like to do it right away. I only like to do it once a month. Like what are the, what's the process? Mm -hmm. And then stay, stick with your process. Mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting because as the market changes, so too should your processes. Yeah. It will absolutely. force them to. Just like as the market has changed, I feel like I need to somehow check in twice a week, maybe on Mondays and Fridays. Right. Like your listing check-in obviously has to be longer or more because mm -hmm. your listing is listed longer. Yes. The process changes when the market changes. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I have a story. I can't wait to hear um, it. This is another agent that I'm friends with, and she's been in the business a few years, mm -hmm. and she's just really good at focusing on the process. Okay. She wants to wow people with her service. And if it, whether or not it, here's the thing. She said it always leads to a closing. Oh. Whether or not she closed that one, mm -hmm. it led to either a future referral. Okay. Like right. something came from it. Okay. Okay. So she got in her, one of her first listings and they were only willing to do a three month listing. Okay. And she was stressing. She really went all out, did as much as she could. And it was approaching expiration. Okay. She was feeling frustrated because a lot of the things that she suggested that they do from the beginning, they didn't do until like halfway through oh. because the feedback started coming in saying what she had told them to do, mm -hmm. but they didn't listen the first time. Mm-hmm. And she was just really down and out that she was about to lose this listing yeah. because she had done so much work and it, the time frame was just running out. And I said, you need to fight your case. Yeah. Like call them and say, listen, Mr. Seller, I have worked so hard for your listing, harder than anybody else is going to work. We have just recently gotten the house where it really needed to be yeah. from day one. Right. The suggestions that you have made are all things per my email that I told you to do two months ago. And so it just wouldn't be right if now that the house is ready, you take it and give it to another agent. Right. And then they get to sell it. Please give me three more months. Okay. And they were like, absolutely. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. Did they do that via email? They called. They called. And they were like, you can't do this to me. Yeah. She was like, I just wanted to propose something, to give you something to think about. Because they had told them, basically, we're going to go get another agent. They were like, well, they had told her from the beginning, you only have three months and we're switching. Ah, uh, I see. I see. So she knew that this was not a renewal situation. <sighs> and she had accepted that. Oh, uh, right. And I told her, I said, no. No. Over tacos. <laughs> We were eating tacos. You are not going to accept this. You are not going to accept this. I said, I have seen, I said, I know more about this listing because I have seen it all over the internet because right. of you and right. all the times you post about it and all the tours you've done and yeah. all the times you've held it. I know about this house and it's not even in my city, but I know about oh. it because of you. Okay. And I'm invested now and you need to keep this listing. I love it. I know. So it's still on the market. We don't have the end. Okay. Yeah, no ending. <laughs> my stories lately, Manuel, they just... It they're, they're, they're so, ending. wait, they're so indicative of the market. There's, there's no ending. It's like, well, maybe a buyer will come along. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But that's where we are. But at least she stood up for herself and yes. bought some more time. Okay. This plays right into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is you have to be confident in the advice you are giving your buyers and your sellers right now. And you have to trust the process. So you tell the seller, do this, 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 and this. And they say, 
no, no. And you're like, no, you really have to. So they do. And then they're like, well, you said to do this, but it still hasn't sold. And then you start to doubt yourself. Maybe you weren't supposed to paint the kitchen white. I'm having a podcast therapy right now. You are? Because, you know, I'm like super hard on my sellers. Yeah, right. On condition. Yeah. And I'm super hard on them on price. Like we're going to be priced correctly. Right. And like, I've always felt very confident about the condition and how my listings are. But when they sit this long, and it's not one of them, it's all of them. Well, this is when we're like, the the sign is pointing to something bigger than you and your advice. Right. But you're right. The doubt started to creep in. Like, mm, maybe we did start too high, or maybe they should have done this before, or Things that didn't matter. Maybe they do matter now. So right. I'm just having podcast therapy listening to okay, you talk well, right now. Okay, well, this is true. You have to be confident because you know that your suggestions are backed by years of data of the market, right? Mm-hmm. Of watching buyers see a house. What do they react to? What do they not like? Of, you know, pricing houses. Many, many, many of them. And your sellers are going to make you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, you said to do this and it's not working. Or you said to do this and it's not working. I will remind you, one of my favorite things to say to sellers is if your house doesn't sell or isn't showing, it's typically price related. Mm-hmm. If you have lots of showings and no offers, it's condition related. Okay. Mm-hmm. If nobody shows up, it's price or market related, right? Because right. there is a number by which every house will sell, right? Yeah. Might be below market value. I like that. But you if there's no one coming, it's price related. If there's no one making an offer, but lots of people have seen it, there's something holding them back with the condition, right? Right. Because the price is what gets them in the door. Yes, obviously the photos, but that's that's kind of the, the general thought process. Right. Now, again, you have to be confident with your seller and be able to sit, you're not going to like this, in the discomfort. <sighs> I'm sitting in it. I know. I'm bathing in it. You're like, hey, I know it seems like it's been a while that we're on the market, but here's the market report. Other listings in your neighborhood in the last three months have taken 90 days to sell. Mm-hmm. We're on day 10. Right. <laughs> These numbers aren't fictitious. They're, they're, it's, da- remember, throw data at them. Yeah. You have to throw data at them. This so is it's, a really good time to remember that you don't say things like, it's my opinion. No, never. Or I think that we should. You need to. No, no, no. It's all about speaking from a factual place. Yeah. When they're stressed, you say, let's look at the market. This is what the average day on market is. These are the houses. There are, you know, 17 houses active that meet the same criteria as you. We're the third highest price. Right. So if you were the buyer, look through your buyer goggles. Which houses would you go see? Mm -hmm. Which ones would you make an offer on? What what are you, like, you have to put yourself in the other party's shoes. Mm -hmm. And I think that (laughs) you literally have to say to them, they have to trust the process. Mm -hmm. Like, the market is not selling in two days right now. No. So if your neighborhood said it's going to be 65 days, on day 30, you cannot panic. Mm-mm. Somewhere along the way, the right but buyer's going to show up. I have a few listings. Let's say it said 65 days and we're at 110. Yeah, then I just, I mean like. We're just really analyzing what we need to do. And, and every house in that situation is different. For sure. What is it going to be? Is it going to be the price? Does it need some staging? Does it need different photos? What is, is it going to be a little bit of a combination of each yeah, thing? Right. So. I know. They have to trust the process. You have to trust the process. And you have to try stuff, but right? But the funny thing is, I only feel stressed 
when I know there's something I need to do. Like Mm -hmm. when I showed up on Tuesday a little stressed out, I was really feeling the urge like to call all of them because I could, I could sense that it was coming. Mm -hmm. And I always like to reach out to them before they have an opportunity to reach out to me to be like, Hey, Alyssa, what's going on? Like, I always want to be the first one. Yeah. But lately they've been jumping the gun so quickly. And so it's tough. It's like, um, James Clear said, you know, Something that's been nagging on you and nagging on you can change in a minute. Mm -hmm. Like if you've been feeling like I need to go run, I need to go run, go run for one minute and all of a sudden you're running again. Yeah. I need to make that phone call. I need to make that phone call. So on Wednesday, I made all those phone calls and I feel like a new person. Love it. Like I just had a total reset because it's like we build up so much pressure and it's like, I just need to do that thing. It's like impending doom. It is. Like I know this is bad. I know, But you also are putting... You're putting what you think are their thoughts into your head. They're so mad at me the house hasn't sold. Was anyone super mad at you when you called? No. Well, Well, okay. (laughs) Out of eight, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe there's one eight. Nobody fired you when you called. No. Okay, good call. Mm -mm. Anything else on process? It's a mindset thing. For Shocking. Wow. It all goes back to mindset. And I think that if you are feeling stressed or anxious, you cannot carry your seller's burden on your own back. Yep. You have to rest confidently in knowing that you have done your part. Yeah. And that you are doing your part. And look, if your process is I don't do open houses and you feel confident in that decision and the reasons, you can't get worked up if there's another agent who on the listing down the street does open houses every Sunday and your seller starts to get a little like, Mm -hmm. well, so-and-so down the street does them every Sunday. Well, again, Mr. Seller, these are the reasons why I don't do an open house or I don't do them every Sunday. Not everyone's going to do it exactly the same. So there's a lot of opportunity, again, for comparison. Absolutely. Right. So it's really just about if you don't have processes in place, get a few people together in your office and be like, what is something we can do once a week to check in with our sellers and just make sure that we are serving them well Mm -hmm. so that if the time comes when we go our separate ways, they will always remember how hard we worked. For sure. Or That is the goal of the meeting. The goal of the meeting is not to get together to be like, how can we sell these listings? Yeah, because that never works. Because if you focus on the process you have a much better chance that the outcome yeah. will come. Yeah, I think that the process is not just listings. We're focusing on that a lot. But even for buyers, when the rates are high, like how, what's your process for keeping in touch with these people? Mm-hmm. Like how do you handle it if they can't find what they're looking for? Is mm-hmm. there a process where you can go and send a letter to a neighborhood? Or like, yes, you have to get creative when things are a little bit tougher. But what is the process for that? It's sort of like Tanner. Um, He's always like, you know, focus on the process, not the outcome. So like, if you're like, I want this number to be on the scale. Right. And every day you get on the scale and you check your number. And every day you get on the scale, but you're not really doing anything. You're just checking the number, focusing (laughs) on that number. I'm going to really focus on this number and get this number down. Mm Mm-hmm. If you would never focus on the number and you would only focus on your processes throughout the day. Yeah, like what did you eat today? What did you eat today? Did you move? I'm going to focus on drinking more water. I'm going to focus on going on a 10-minute walk after each meal. If you focus on the process, the outcome just works itself out. Takes care of itself. Yeah, I love that. 
Okay. Such good advice. Yeah. Thank you, you. Did you get it all out? Yeah. You feel yeah. better? Do you yeah. feel better? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. Are you ready for a toast? I'm ready. All right. Today's toast is from Aubrey Dill. Okay. And Aubrey is toasting to Naomi Tadark in Arlington, Texas. Cool. You may recall we've toasted Naomi before, oh. and I'm happy to do it again okay, because great. every single Monday, do you know what her process is? She shares us. She tags Thank the show you for sharing us, Naomi. in her stories every single Monday. We love seeing that. Love it. I mean, never talk about never missing never a miss Monday. Never miss a Monday. Thanks, Never Naomi. miss a Monday. Okay, so Aubrey says, I would like to toast my previous mentor and now friend, Naomi. I honestly don't think I would have made it through my first year and a half of real estate without her. Her. I've never met someone so kind and willing to help others, and she deserves all the success in the world. Thank you for all you do, Naomi. That's so sweet. So cheers to Naomi, and thank you to Aubrey. And, you know, just get out there and stick to your processes. You'll be okay. Recheck them. Yes. You'll be fine. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.